Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Book 1, Chapter 1 of The League of the Scarlet Pimpernel. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The League of the Scarlet Pimpernel by Baroness Ortsey. Book One. Sir Percy Explains. Chapter One. It was not, heaven help us all, a very uncommon occurrence these days. A woman, almost unsexed by misery, starvation, and an abnormal excitement engendered by daily spectacles of revenge and of cruelty. They were to be met with every day, round every street corner, these harridans, more terrible by far than were the men. This one was still comparatively young, thirty at most. Would have been good-looking, too, for the features were really delicate, the nose chiseled, the brow straight, the chin round and small, but the mouth, heavens, what a mouth, hard and cruel and thin-lipped, and those eyes, sunken and rimmed with purple, eyes that told tales of sorrow and, yes, of degradation. The crowd stood round her, sullen and apathetic, poor miserable wretches like herself, staring at her antics with lacklustre eyes and an ever-recurrent contemptuous shrug of the shoulders. The woman was dancing, contorting her body in the small circle of light formed by the flickering lantern which was hung across the street from house to house, striking the muddy pavement with her shoeless feet, all to the sound of a beribboned tambourine, which she struck now and again with her small, grimy hand. From time to time she paused, held out the tambourine at arm's length, and went the round of the spectators asking for alms. But at her approach the crowd at once seemed to disintegrate, to melt into the humid evening air. It was but rarely that a greasy token fell into the outstretched tambourine. Then, as the woman started again to dance, the crowd gradually reassembled, and stood hands in pockets, lips still sullen and contemptuous, but eyes watchful of the spectacle. There were such few spectacles these days, other than the monotonous processions of tumbrils, with their load of aristocrats for the guillotine. So the crowd watched and the woman danced. The lantern overhead threw a weird light on red caps and tricolor cockades, on the sullen faces of the men and the shoulders of the women, on the dancer's weird antics and her flying tattered skirts. She was obviously tired, as a poor performing cur might be, or a bear prodding along to uncongenial buffoonery. Every time that she paused and solicited alms with her tambourine, the crowd dispersed and some of them laughed because she insisted. "'Voyons!' she said, with a weird attempt at gaiety. 
"'A couple of sous for the entertainment, citizen. "'You have stood here half an hour. "'You can't have it all for nothing. "'What?' "'The man, young, square-shouldered, thick-lipped, "'with the look of a bully about his well-clad person, "'retorted with a coarse insult, which the woman resented. "'They were high words. "'The crowd, for the most part, ranged itself on the side of the bully. "'The woman backed against the wall nearest to her.' held feeble, emaciated hands up to her ears, in a vain endeavor to shut out the hideous jeers and ribald jokes that were the natural weapons of this untamed crowd. Soon blows began to rain. Not a few fell upon the unfortunate woman. She screamed, and the more she screamed, the louder did the crowd jeer. The uglier became its temper. Then suddenly it was all over. How it happened, the woman could not tell. She had closed her eyes, feeling sick and dizzy. But she had heard a loud call, words spoken in English, a language which she understood, a pleasant laugh, and a brief but violent scuffle. After that the hurrying retreat of many feet, the click of sabots on the uneven pavement, and the patter of shoeless feet, and then silence. She had fallen on her knees and was cowering against the wall, had lost consciousness probably for a minute or two. Then she heard that pleasant laugh again, and the soft drawl of the English tongue. "'I love to see those beggars scuttling off like so many rats to their burrows, don't you, folks?' "'They didn't put up much fight, the cowards,' came from another voice, also in English. "'A dozen of them against this wretched woman. What had best be done with her?' "'I'll see to her,' rejoined the first speaker. "'You and Tony best find the others. Tell them I shall be round directly.' It all seemed like a dream. The woman dared not open her eyes, lest reality, hideous and brutal, once more confronted her. Then all at once she felt that her poor, weak body, encircled by strong arms, was lifted off the ground, and that she was being carried down the street, away from the light projected by the lantern overhead, into the sheltering darkness of a yawning porte-cochere. But she was not then fully conscious. End of Book One Chapter One